Welcome to the Thrive Today podcast. I'm your media host for Thrive Today, Natalie Bourne, and I'm also the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership. Well, guys, our primary focus at Thrive Today is to take your nine to five and connect it to the authority of God's word. And so we're so excited today to be talking to one of the writers in our premiere edition of Thrive Today, Dr. Robert Watkins. He is a heart-centered financier and he is completely focused on his God-given mission to educate, empower, and equip the people of God to build empires that transfer wealth through generations. For the past two decades, his money management prowess has actually taken him into an arena where he's able to help people of a very diverse clientele who have been frustrated with making money to become millionaires. So let me tell you, I'm excited to have this conversation today. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Robert. Thank you so much, Natalie, for having me. This is a joy. And um, thank you. You're doing such a, an awesome work for the kingdom of God and keeping people focused during these uncertain times. And uh, your voice is certainly needed. Thank you for all of your service. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you to say. You know, when I read your article, I just thought, you know what, we need more content like this. And so I'm excited that you are joining us on the Thrive Today platform and we're talking about this. I just wanted to jump right in for our listeners and just ask them, because you talk about something a lot. You talk about the difference between an entrepreneurial mindset and an employee mindset. And I just want to kick off. I want to hit us you know, hard, <laughs> make us think immediately. Tell us what that is. What does that mean? Yeah, well, you know, I wrote a book several years ago called Never Chase a Paycheck Again. It was a runaway bestseller. And because people are just tired of a, what I call a nine to five mindset. And by that, I mean, it's okay to start off. You know, the Bible talks a lot about despise not small beginnings. You have to start somewhere. Right after college, my first job, I was making $22,000 a year and was happy for it. But as God began to to mature me and, and give me more responsibility, I needed a life of freedom. And so I started off one way, but you should not stay there. You know, the Bible talks a lot about how to go from glory to glory to glory, how to go from one level to the next level. And the next level, I just believe professionally and financially, the goal has to be not getting a job, but it has to be freedom. And that is what everybody wants. And it starts with a mindset and a mindset of helping, serving and empowering people. And that's what I mean by the entrepreneurial mindset. But here's the danger in that. Once you do get that mindset, there's going to be a conflict between what you do every day and where God wants you to be. And it's like, okay, I have this mortgage. I have kids. I have car payments. I have debt. Oh, my gosh. I just can't leave this job, this life that I created. Now I see something more because now I have vision. And so that's where we come in to help them to take the steps, to walk them by the hand and to say, you know what? I know you have been defining yourself as an accountant or a janitor or a lawyer or media professional, whatever, but God has something more for you. And therein lies the conflict and that presents an opportunity for us. Wow. You know, as I listen to you talk, my mind is going in so many directions. And I think about the fact that, you know, when you become an entrepreneur, there's this entrepreneurial spirit that comes on you that says, you know, I have to break boundaries. I have to pull down walls and things where people told me I can't do it. I actually have to question and push against that in order to go out into a place where 
nobody's built it before. Nobody's done it before, maybe in our generation and our time or in our family. And so you really become this pioneer that leans into this idea that there's got to be something more. And I like to call it the grind to five. There's got to be something more than the grind to five. There's got to be more out there than, than this. Well, I don't believe in grinding. Okay. Life is too short for that. And, and I'm not saying don't work hard, but I am saying that, you know, God doesn't, he doesn't do the same thing twice. He is a healer, but he's never healed blindness the same way twice. So God is full of strategies. He's full of planning. He's full of vision. And you're right. Anytime God calls us to do something in the marketplace, it's going to be different. It's going to be something we've never seen before. Uh, he is the God of innovation. He says that my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. So once we get God's thoughts and my consulting company, which is called Conquer Consulting, what makes us different and why we've been so successful? Because the first thing we ask is, what did God call you to do? And you should see these blank faces, right? Because we don't need good ideas. We need God ideas, right? Because starting a business, being an entrepreneur is tough. It is difficult. Raising money is not easy. And we're going to talk about women and, and then you know, women and, and doing it a lot without a lot of support is very difficult. But here is the blessing and all that. If you believe that you were born to do this, then when the hard times come and you're up at one, two o'clock in the morning trying to figure out how to make payroll or how to just keep your lights on, you're not going to quit because whatever God calls, he ordains, he supports, he finances, he gets behind, and he's going to make sure you have what you need. And so now our job as consultants become very easy and just guiding you because your heart is in it. And whenever you do something for money, as opposed to your heart, you you end up like me, ball headed, being stressed out because anything you do for money, it will stress you out. So it's very difficult for me to get entrepreneurs mind off of money and onto the mission and make sure their heart is there. Because what makes you special is not starting a business or a ministry or being a leader. What makes you special is that God is behind your dream. And that's where we start. And that's the entrepreneurial spirit that you have there. And that's what makes you different. It'll separate you from your competitors. It'll got to make your voice stand out. He'll, he'll just somehow make you stand out because the glory now is on you and the favor is on you and grace and mercy is following you and all this great stuff. And guess what? Your family will get in line eventually and you will have a great, great business. But it starts there. Yeah. It's called merging. I love it because favor is not fair, right? It's just, it's no. not, it's not fair. You know, I would like to talk to some folks who are thinking about making the switch. As a matter of fact, maybe they're listening to you right now and they're feeling something like there's something going on. There's butterflies in their stomach or, or there's, there's a nudge that they're feeling right now. I can remember when the Lord told me leap, I'll catch you. Um, and that was the most terrifying conversation I ever had with God. Cause my first response was no Lord. And uh, he's like, do you trust me? I'm like, oh, we're going to do this right now. <laughs> but there was this moment, right, of wrestling this to the ground. And I know some people are listening right now and saying, you're speaking directly to me. You're speaking to my heart. Can you tell them what are some practical things that they should be thinking about, either in the natural or the spiritual, as they get ready to make this shift? Sure. And I'll give you the spiritual and definitely I'll give you some practical, useful, some tips. Well, first of all, there's more than 2,350 verses in the Bible on how to handle money, how to buy real estate, how to start a business, how to leave it for the next generation, how to make sure you never run out of money. 
we don't have to go to Wall Street or to Bank of America or any worldly structure to learn about money. It's all right there in the Bible. So once we get an understanding, first of all, that the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes you rich. It says that in Ecclesiastes 5 and 3, that a dream comes through the multitude of business and on and on and on and on and on. So once we understand that, the next thing we need to do in making the switch is what is the vision? Habakkuk 2 and 4 says, Habakkuk 2 and 2, to write the vision down and make it plain upon tables. You know, some people out there might have heard of Kentucky Fried Chicken. When Colonel Sanders, when God gave him a vision, he was on his way to divorce court. He was a cook on a train and he was about to lose everything. But then something came out of him. He wrote down the secret recipe right? He wrote it down. Now, nothing changed at that moment. He was still in, and he was still experiencing heartache and still was going through bad things financially. But what was different, he wrote it down, right? And so the first thing I would tell people to write down the vision and make it plain. The reason why that's important, because in Habakkuk 2, the next verse says, so that he that reads it can run with it. Well, those are your employees. That's your support. Those are uh, volunteers. Those are people that will pick up your vision and run with it. Many people are so tired right now because they're running with their own vision, right? They're trying to do everything themselves. They're marketing their sales. They're podcasting. They're, you know, they're, they're cooking. They're changing diapers. It's like, man, you're exhausted, right? And so write the vision down. And the reason why people need vision, because the Bible says without vision, the people perish. There's, there are people out there who need your vision. But what stops people is fear. They don't think they're good enough. They're insecure. So they don't write it down. They define themselves as, well, I'm, I'm always going to be broke. I'm always going to be poor. I'm always going to be living month to month. And so with that kind of thinking is reason why you won't write it down. So first of all, write the vision down. And then secondly, how much money do you need? How much money do you need in year one, year two, year three, year four, year five? And that's where we come in and help them provide a business plan. Now, because God thinks generationally to generational, you need to have a 20-year plan. And why is a 20-year plan important? Because big corporations get big money because they all have 20-year plans. A good friend of mine by the name of Peter J. Daniels, who was the wealthiest, wisest, wealthiest guy in um, Australia, he told me this years and years and years ago. He said, Watkins, you're never going to be a multimillionaire. I said, why? He said, because you don't even know how much money you're going to make in two months. And he said, I, he's raised, you know, literally tens of millions of dollars for ministries, for businesses over the years, banks. He said, the one thing they all have in common is a 20 year plan. And so you've got to go back to the same God who gave you the vision. He'll give you the provision. So vision, plan, and then the action. The action is what are you prepared to do? On a daily basis, this is where sacrifice comes in. Are you prepared to stay up late? Are you prepared to get up early in the morning? Are you prepared to, to share your vision with people who possibly could help? And so, vision, plan, action those are the first three things that we have to do in order to make the shift, in order to start seeing some manifestation of what God has called you to do. Wow. You know, what I love about what you just said is there are some things that we have to do in the natural. And then there are things that happen in the spiritual and those don't happen in silos. They're not separate. It's as you're planning and as you're laying out those things and as you're talking to God, he's going to start to give you downloads on what numbers you should even be putting on there in the first place. And, and ultimately he's the one that provides and downloads that vision to us. And then our job, as you said, is to write it down and to start to plan for that vision that he's given us. And that to me, inspires me. It gets me really excited. I know our listeners are probably 
jumping out of their seats right now because I am. And it's just, to me, it's, it's lighting a fire under us and, and pointing in the direction that we want to go. And I think what also helps with that is then you know what to say no to when counterfeits come into the picture and say, well, let's do this. And you can look back at your vision and said, no, this is the direction I'm called to go in. Yeah. Well, you're really talking about distractions. And, you know, the number one reason why people fail in the middle of the desert is because they lose focus. It's not because they didn't have vision. It's not because they're not smart. You know, my life, I was born as an orphan. I never met my birth mother and my birth father before. And so I am living proof that it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you end up. And so the journey is so important. And, and then you have to prepare for the journey. So prepare for the shift, right? So if you're going to, you know, if you're working a nine to five job right now and you want this freedom that we're talking about, then you have to prepare for, for the journey, right? And there's something that I call the quiet years of leadership. That's when nobody's calling you to be on their podcast. Nobody's calling you to speak uh, at their church or in a big business conferences. Nobody is, is going to your Instagram page or your Facebook page. You're not getting a thousand likes. It's the quiet years of leadership. It's where your character is built. And so I just want to encourage people that are out there that say, you know what? I'm not bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars or, or millions of dollars. And I'm saying good for you. That means you have some time to work on your character because money can corrupt. And so if, if you have a corrupt character now, when you get money, it will you, you'll probably end up in jail or end up in a place you don't want to be. So there are certain things that God had to deal with my heart to get out of my heart to prepare me for when money did come. I would not allow it to overcome me and change me into something that God didn't want me to be. So the quiet years of ministry is where God prepares you. And uh, a lot of people don't, they don't like to be in that place. That place for them is, is frustration. It's, it's sad. It's, it's depression. And I'm like, no, that's the place where you need to have joy because when the spotlight is turned on, what we want to see is somebody without spot or wrinkle, somebody who has a repentant life, someone who can lead, someone that can speak a word and bring forth confidence and empower. And that takes a person of character. And you know that because you teach leadership, but it's the, all of that is shaped in the quiet years. So don't be afraid of the quiet years. Wow. I just, yeah, I just see such a refinement in that season that you're talking about. And it is not fun. Refinement's not fun. Purification is not fun. All that's it's tough. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. It's, it's good things that God is doing and bringing about in you, as you mentioned. Can you talk some more about some of the godly principles that you teach people or you've even brought forward in your own life as you've walked this entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. Well, the first thing is, is my identity. And like I said, I was, I was, I had an orphan mindset because that's what I was. And so when you grow up thinking that, man, your own mother didn't want you, your own father didn't want you, and you have that mindset, and now you're around a group of people who are not supposed to even be alive beyond age 16 or 17. I was supposed to die in a, a drive-by or, or some deadly disease or in jail or in prison. And that was the lot in my life. But the shift began when I began to change my mindset. And that started with my identity. And I read somewhere in the Bible that I was a king and a priest in the Revelations 5 and 10, that I was a king and a priest. And I believe that. 
and I shall reign on the earth. And so that mindset shift, my life shifted when my mindset shifted, my identity shifted. So that was number one is that I had to, I started believing that I had authority. I started believing that I had purpose. I started believing that I can make a difference. And then secondly, my vulnerability, vulnerability, not to my environment, but vulnerability to God's word, to that identity, start walking like it, start putting my head up and my shoulders back and start walking like a king and start talking like a king and not having a poverty conversation, but having a kingly conversation with myself. Look at myself in the mirror and say, you will raise up millionaires. You will own a finance company. You will be on a consulting company. You will write best-selling books. You will be on the stage with great people that God will bring your name, bring you before great people. He's going to make your name great. And he's done just that. But it started with having the right conversation with myself and then being vulnerable to that. So vulnerability is very key. Then the third thing I would say spiritually in terms of what the inner work that we can do is having that confidence in that. And uh, there's a lot of, um, the Bible talks about how to cast not away your confidence for has great recompense of reward. So you have confidence, but you have to have confidence in the right place, not arrogance, not pride. And, you know, pride goes before the fall. You have to know the difference. But now I started speaking. I'm a king and a priest. It was happened to me because I had those three things, identity, vulnerability, and confidence. I said, I wonder if there's anybody else out there like me who didn't know what they were called to do, who started off kind of bad in life. And I started off with eight guys in a little golf clubhouse in Douglasville, Georgia. And I talked about confidence. And I talked about being a king and a priest. I taught a John Maxwell message. And the guys were like, well, what are we doing here? I'm like, well, I don't know. But here's what John Maxwell says. And here's what happened. Something clicked. It was called Kings and Priests, the marketplace people and the pastors. Well, there was a pastor that was there who had just built a church, but he ran out of money. It was like $60,000 He for pukes. He didn't have any people, anywhere to, to people to sit. Well, there was a business guy that was there who stood up and said, you know what? I'll take care of that. I'm a king and a priest. You're a king and a priest. The guy wrote the pastor a check for $60,000. And that's what I saw the miracle in the marketplace. And here's what the Lord said. He said, the kings should have the financial resources to excel the priestly ministry. And the priest should have the message to excel the king's business. But when the marketplace and the ministry, the king and priest come together, we eliminate lack both in the marketplace and the ministry. And I tell you, Natalie, my last national conference, Bishop T.D. Jakes was was one of my speakers there. And we had over 9,000 people at the Georgia International Convention Center. And it started off with a little orphan boy who had a vision, who was not afraid to say who he was. And the rest has been history from there. My God, as I listen to you talk, I'm so inspired by where God's taken you. And I think that if there's anybody listening to this right now, that's saying, I'm not qualified, I'm not called because of, and then they list their lack of qualifications from their past and what's happened or what hasn't happened in their life. I just know they're encouraged right now. I know they're leaning in. I know they're listening to your story because I, I don't know how many episodes I've recorded, probably over 80 podcast episodes. I'm, I'm holding back tears and that's never happened on a podcast before because I just feel that if people can get this, it's going to shift the atmosphere. It's going to change the way they live. It's going to change the way they think. It's going to change everything for them. And not just for them, 
but for the generations that come behind them. And can you talk a little bit, because I feel like we need to remember this is not just about us. It's about the generations that come after us and how important that part of it is. When you talk about shift, we saw Abraham who shifted from a place of Haran, which literally means a dry place. It literally means a place of poverty. He wasn't rich, as some theologians like to say. The place of Haran was a dry place. It was like the projects. And God said, I need you to leave from there. Get away from your kinfolk. Get away from what's familiar. And then we see in Genesis chapter 12, where he actually did that. And then he and then he got involved in things, and he became extremely rich and powerful. He became the father of many nations. But it never was about Abraham. It was about Isaac and Jacob. It was about his son and his son's son. And then we see over there in Genesis chapter in uh, Galatians 3, where it says that if you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, then you're going to receive what Abraham received. And that was a covenant of wealth, a covenant of peace. God said, I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'm going to curse those that curse you. And he became very rich in cattle, silver, and in gold. But it wasn't never about Abraham. It was always about you and me. It was about Christ coming upon the earth. And so if we as entrepreneurs, if we as those that are called to the marketplace would take on that same mentality that is not about you, that is not about your fear or your insecurity, it's not about your divorce, it's not about what you went through. Listen, God, you're, you're on your way to heaven, and that's great. Our job now is to leave an inheritance. And that's what Abraham's main mission was, to leave an inheritance. And that's what our mission is. And here's how God describes a good man or a good woman. It's not what you do on the earth, it's what you leave behind. He said a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So as entrepreneurs, that's what we should be mindful of. That's why I say the most valuable thing is not the money or the status. The most valuable thing in your life is that 20-year plan because that is what you leave behind. So if I go home to be with the Lord in the next 10 years, guess what? My two daughters can pick up that plan and continue on what I started. We see the same thing with Chick-fil-A. I had an opportunity to meet Chua Kathy before he went home to be with the Lord. His headquarters was near my Atlanta home, and I had a chance to meet him. And you, when I walked into his office, he probably was 92 at the time. He had 600 brand new Chick-fil-A stores with different brands like he was going to live forever. <laughs> okay? But it wasn't about him. It was about his son, Bubba. Right? And... They are now picking up the mantle. Why? Because wealth grows from generation to generation. Profits grow from generation to generation. It should be, if you look at all of the great Fortune 500 companies that are still here, they grow from generation to generation. But it was never about Chua Cathy. Most people don't even know Chua Cathy's name, but they know Chick-fil-A. And that is what he left behind. And that is, is something small. He became a billionaire from a chicken sandwich. Think about that. Only thing he wanted to do back in the 50s, and here's the thing, he didn't start until he was 55 years old. Only thing he wanted to do was take care of his wife and his two sons. That was his vision with a chicken sandwich. And God exploded it around the world. Just reminds me of what he said, that God confounds the wise with simple 
things. So this mindset, this life that you're talking about is possible. Wow. Well, you know what I, I envision is I envision the difference between a sprinter running a 100 and sprinters handing off batons. And it's literally, it's more than just what you do for yourself. It's more than how you ran the race. It's how you ran the race in a way that you could pass it to the next generation. And so there are just some really powerful and poignant things that you said there that I think are important for us to think about. What encouragement, as we kind of close out this segment, what encouragement would you just infuse into the women that are listening to the Thrive Today podcast? How would you spur them forward uh, in this moment? Well, women have been oppressed for so long. Their voice, we see what's happening in Afghanistan and throughout the Middle East. And, you know, we can't even really judge what's happening in, with the Afghan women because we have our own issues for those that are listening here in America in terms of um, not supporting our, our women. Sometimes women are treated as afterthoughts. They're treated as less than in many cases. But throughout history, Without women, men would be probably extinct by now without women. So God has always spoken to women. I remember when Jesus came back, the first people that Jesus revealed himself to outside the tomb was two women. And they're the ones that spread the gospel. So there are a lot of women right now. And the reason why I focus a lot on women in business, because a lot of women are suffering in silence. And, but despite all of that, women are growing businesses and being more profitable at the rate at five times greater than, than their male counterparts. I have two daughters. One just graduated from an Ivy League school and the other one is just a freshman at Georgia Tech University in Atlanta. Two women. Now they are, I call them women. Wow. They, <laughs> and so the question is, who are they going to marry? Because there are more women girls on college campuses now. There are more women that are starting businesses now than men because women are like, Tiger, you guys pounce. We're like, oh, maybe I will do it. I don't have the money. Oh my gosh, what is my wife going to say? Oh my gosh, I, I can't do this risk. Women like, let's go for it. Let's do it. What are you waiting on, Frank? Right? So there's a different, there's an attitude and a, a good attitude. There's a spirit that's always been with, with women, an entrepreneurial spirit of we can do this. I'm not going to let my family die. Whatever we have to do, we have to do. And, you know, we're kind of like elephants, you know, just waiting around. And so I would just encourage women out there that you have a vision. Don't wait on anybody. You're going to hear no. The bank's going to say no. Your family's going to not understand. Your children may not understand. I'll leave you with this one story. There's a lady by the name of Roberta. She was 74 years old when she first came into my boardroom. She had a vision of starting a bed and breakfast. Her two sons told her, three sons, mom, go sit down someplace. You're too old. You know, she retired as a janitor at a local elementary school. And, but she had this vision of a bed and breakfast. She was a 74 year old black woman. You know, full of wrinkles. You can see all the stress. Her two husbands had died. Long story short, she didn't have any money, no credit. And we told her, she said, listen, if you will go out and find the facility, we'll help you. Well, most people stop right there. We never hear from them again. That's just too much. 
She came back three months later. She said, Dr. Watkins, I found the facilities. And I had my marketing and salespeople in the room. And we said, really? Now, it was $589,000. She didn't have any money. We said, well, you don't have any credit, so we really can't help you. But we gave her a plan to help raise her credit. She got it up to a seven fifty. She came back literally three months later. So now we're six months into this thing. The property's still in the market. We were able to get her $200,000. She used that money as a down payment. She bought the facility. And guess what? The three sons who told her to go sit down someplace now work for her full time. She's a leader in her community. She's a part of the local school board. She's one of the entrepreneurial leaders in her city, Sonoya, bed and breakfast. And she loves getting up in the morning and serving. And guess what? Her market is pastors and their wives. And we said, well, why do you want to serve pastors? She said, because I want pastors to stop getting divorces. And if they come here, they'll have a romantic experience. And so here's a woman who society counted out. But now she's providing jobs. I I love that story because it also tells you it doesn't matter what age you are, you can you can change your circumstance at any time. Dr. Watkins, how can people find you? What information would you like them to do you have books out there or things that they can access as far as resources go? Absolutely. I have a book called Never Chase a Paycheck Again. And matter of fact, I have a, a course I used to teach business at Emory University. So they go to neverchasepaycheckagain.com. Uh, I also recently got married and um, to the lovely Reva Watkins. And so we're launching a empowerment website. It's robertandreva.com. That launches in a month or so. But my company is conquerworldwide.com, C-O-N-Q-U-E-R, worldwide.com. For those who want to start businesses, who need funding, who need consulting, business planning, trademarking. You know, our tagline is that we turn small businesses into big business. And uh, we have done that for last 15 years. And uh, whatever vision, whatever stage they're in, I guarantee you we can help them. And of course, my social media is Robert J. Watkins. You can find me everywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I am so inspired, just ready to seize the day. So I just, I loved our conversation. Well, thank you. And uh, anytime, I'll be glad to come back. Well, ladies, thank you for joining the Thrive Today podcast. Be sure to share, follow, and you know, look us up on all of your social media platforms and share this episode with someone who needs to hear it today. If you haven't taken the time to join community of like-minded women, what are you waiting for? Head over to thrivetoday.com and find out more about what we do to provide leadership, community, and strength. We'll see you next time.